Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from author, speaker, wife, mom, and CEO of The Life of a Single Mom, Jennifer Maggio, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, you will hear about the start of Jennifer's ministry, her devotional about peace, as well as her experience of when she finally understood the authority that Jesus gave us against spiritual warfare, such as fear, worry, anger, and depression. We jump right into this episode as Jennifer and McKelty are reflecting on the previous night from our 2023 Bridge in the Gap Single Moms Retreat, where Jennifer gave a powerful message about spiritual warfare. The Holy Spirit was present to break chains off of women's lives, and about 97 women were led to be baptized following the service. Jennifer shares the reason she felt that message was important for the attendees is because we need to be truthful to moms about the real battle they are up against to help them make steps for actual change. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But at the same time, if we don't give them something that changes their life, mm-hmm. they go right back into the yes. same patterns. Yeah. Um, the tr- so, church camp mentality is what yeah, I call it. You feel yeah. really great at church camp and then right. you go home and it all. Well, that's the motivational yeah. speaker thing. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, I felt really good in the moment, but I'm not because the anointing is what mm-hmm. breaks the yoke, not yep. your, your emotion. Love it. Uh, Well, I am just so thrilled to have you here and we can just jump on in. But, um, you know, like Kristen just said, we were just floored last night and just sitting there like this word needed to happen. Mm. Like this was absolutely what these moms need here clearly at that altar response. Like Mm -hmm. so many moms just broken and healed at the same time, Mm -hmm. like so powerful. So we're thrilled to have you here Mm -hmm. at the Single Moms Retreat. And do you want to just, for the listeners who didn't hear you last night, just introduce yourself a little bit and share who you are and about your ministry? Yes. So I um, am so excited to be back. I mean, it's been Mm -hmm. almost a decade since I was here. And so (laughs) I'm always grateful when someone has me back again. And, um, And, you know, my heart is for single moms because I know how hard the journey is. Mm-hmm. And I know the moments when you feel completely and utterly alone mm-hmm. and um, there's no money and you're trying to figure life out. And so my heart is so burdened for that journey because I can remember feeling like um, if someone just understood. Mm-hmm. And the truth was, even at that time when I was in that journey, um, people did understand. I just, there was no formal way for me to find them, who yeah. they were, you yeah. know? And so um, in 2011, I started the life of a single mom, kind of not knowing exactly what I was going to do, just knowing the Lord said um, to move forward with this ministry. And really, um, the heart behind our ministry is to empower and equip churches on mm-hmm. how to do single mom's ministry well. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of churches have a heart to serve those moms, but aren't sure exactly how to do so. Mm -hmm. And then also um, they think that outreach is the only thing that needs to happen. So we see a lot of churches who do things like um, a single mom's car prep or um, a grocery giveaway or a Mother's Day tea or whatever Mm -hmm. those things are, and they're all wonderful. Um, But ministry is two components. It's evangelism and discipleship. Mm -hmm. And so the evangelism piece is typically where we see the outreach, um, but then they have no follow through. They assume that the mom is going to assimilate into what exists already in the church. So like Mm -hmm. they're going to plug into the women's ministry. They're going to plug into Wednesday night service or whatever. And statistically, we know they don't. Um, And so um, we created a template for any church, big or small, um, any denomination to really begin to launch a single mom's ministry, Bible study, connect group, whatever your church calls it, Mm -hmm. Sunday school class. (laughs) 
and um, and reach the unchurched. About 70% of single moms nationally don't go to church. Mm-hmm. And so um, they can't start with a deep dive into the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like they can't <laughs> they can't start with the latest and greatest Christian authors Bible study. Like they they have to be met where they are. And so that's really what our what our niche is. Um, we have about 1,700, 1,800 groups now that have started around the country, praise mm-hmm. God. Um, and that's really the infrastructure. We can do so much directly, but if we empower the church, mm-hmm. they do more and more and more. Yeah. So that's in short order who we are. Absolutely. It, and everything you're saying is so valid. Like you absolutely need to not just have them jump in, but I love that point of just figure out where they're at. So I was raised by a single mom Mm -hmm. um, my whole life. She's still single mom. Mm -hmm. So I have such a heart for it too. And have seen just those feelings of just like, I don't know where I'm at. You know, she wasn't Christian before she became a mom. It was when I was born, she became a Christian and kind of learning. I saw her learn and grow. So I'm always so appreciative of retreats like this Mm -hmm. and people like you coming in. And I'm just curious what, what are your favorite parts of retreats like this? Because I know you travel and speak yes. in a lot of different places. So I love, I, I have seen, I, I love going to see landscape. Like what, what, you know, does this state offer? What, mm-hmm. I love the beauty of the unplug. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when I go to these retreat facilities, like you have very little cell service. It's very, <laughs> and all of that is so cool to me because mm-hmm. All of us are, you know, we're there's the demand on the time and we're moms and we're, you know, we work and all those things. So I love that part. It yeah. makes you unplug. Yeah. Um, and I also love getting to meet different single moms. And here's what's so interesting about it. Every place I go there is this kind of melting pot of moms that are Mm. of a variety of ages and races and socioeconomic statuses and stories. And they're all gathering because they want to be better moms. I mean, that's the thing that that they gather. They come at a different place in their faith journey. Some don't even know the Lord yet, but they gather for that reason. And so whether I'm doing it at a retreat center or whether I'm doing it at a church, it just tends to be the churches get so excited because there's all these unchurched people. It's like Mm. this mission field is so Mm -hmm. ripe, which is why it burdens me when churches aren't on the front lines of this thing. Mm -hmm. Like we, we've been pro-life for our whole life, but we don't do anything to minister to these mamas once they have these babies. Like we're not going deep with them. And these babies are going to turn three and they're going to turn seven and they're going to turn 17. And many of these single moms are going to be single for their entire 20 year parenting journey. Mm. So what do we do? Not just with the young moms, but with the moms that are in every walk of life. So, you know, that's one of the things we're teaching the churches too. like, what do we do when the kid's 17 and he's angry and, you know, mama has no resources and she can't go to the, you know, mothers of preschoolers program anymore. Like, what do we do? And that's what single moms ministry should be. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I, it's really funny because when I was looking at all of your, just like your website and the resources that you put out, something that I was really drawn to was your devotional Peace in the Single Mom. Mm-hmm. And then it was so funny because without even realizing, I'm like, our theme is restore. Like our theme is on it. And I was like, oh, that's so weird that I just correlated <laughs> like it. But I'm just curious, like when you think of, you know, restore, like restoration in the sense of peace, like how do you think that relates so deeply to single moms? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, Single moms, like others, are desperate for peace. Yeah. And um, and I think one of the things that moms need to understand is that 
peace is not the absence of war. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for is this absence of chaos around you. But um, but if you look at the subtitle of the book, it's 50 moments of calm in the chaos. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that we are going to ever be absent of those things. I mean, literally, when we think about scripture, we see that Jesus says in this world, we will have trouble. We know that there's an enemy that yeah. it seeks to devour our souls. And so we're always in war. Um, and so learning to have the peace in the midst of it is really about understanding who Christ created you to be. It's understanding the tools that you've been given in order to operate in peace. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fall apart every time we run into a financial difficulty. We yeah. don't have to fall apart every time the kids get in trouble at school. Mm-hmm. And that's what most um Sadly, even believers, I see it's like we run from crisis to crisis, barely functioning. Mm-hmm. And that's not what God intended for our lives to no, be. No. And so that's what peace is. That's mm-hmm. what peace in the single mom is about, is teaching mamas how to do that in a way that is bite-sized. Because I know that they're overwhelmed and exhausted already. Yeah. So I'm not trying to write, you know, these devotionals that take so much time to read. But it's also intentional. Because mm-hmm. we have time for what we want to have time for. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if I can spend some time in the Word and then receive through these devotionals, then I'm ready. I'm ready for the war that's at hand that's mm-hmm. presented daily. Yeah. Because I think that there is kind of an unfair narrative that are, is specifically placed on single moms, but you could fight that it's on all moms. Of if you're doing, if you're not doing enough, then what are you even doing as mom? Mm-hmm. Like the busier, the better mm-hmm. is this narrative. And especially mm-hmm. for single moms, it's like you're playing two roles here. Like you got to be go, 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 go. And I think that's very unfair for them because peace is so important as they are just journeying in life. And just the amount of moms that I've talked to since I've been here that are like this last year, like mm-hmm. I'm so tired tired. Mm -hmm. I'm so anxious and so overwhelmed. And I don't know. I just, I feel that in them. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and burden light. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've thought a lot about that. Even last night, um, the Lord was showing me that as I was, um, ministering to the moms Mm -hmm. that, you know, I talked to 50 year old women, 60 year old women, 40 year old women, and 18 year old women. And they all say the same thing that, the you know, the last year has been hard that, you know, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, but that hasn't changed in the last 20 years I've been in ministry. Like mm. that's what I hear over and over and over. Mm. And it's because we don't understand. And I remember feeling that way too, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the time, like as a single mom and a married mom, I felt that way a lot. I think there was a shift that took place, um, in my life about three years ago where, um, And and, and there's so much to the story here that I would say in in terms of peace, but there was a shift that took place where I truly began to understand the authority God gave me. Mm. And I'd heard about it. I've read about it. um, I've read about the full armor of God. I've read about the authority in the name of Jesus. But I didn't understand that that authority granted me permission to back up every spiritual darkness that was coming against me. So so fear could not stand once I understood my authority. Mm. So I would get up you know, even in ministry, even in, in the married mom years of being fearful about what my children's future would be like, that yeah. my my teens were going to make a poor decision or that my young adults would would not, um, you know, serve the Lord all the days of their life. Mm-hmm. And so fear was a recurring theme. Worry. I was, I thought I could worry them into submission, that I could mm. worry my ministry into growth. I could worry myself into uh, the great marriage. And and, and worry was almost like a skill, yeah. you know, and I think many women kind of, you know, um, they become martyrs to worry. Um, and, and exactly the same thing you said, busyness. So there were all these things. But once I understood my authority, 
when something came against me, you know, fear, anxiety, worry, uh, depression, anger, and rage, it was like casting it down immediately began to give me freedom. And so now I wake up excited. Mm -hmm. I wake up with the joy of the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. I wake up refreshed. I am the schedule I keep like is, you know, ridiculous, but yet there's this, um, I'm excited to see what God would do today. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see what, what opportunities will take place at an airport. What, what conversations will take place at a retreat center because I know who I am Mm -hmm. and I know the anointing that I carry, which by the way, we all carry an anointing. Yeah. So the anointing that I carry will be something that will transform, not just touch somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that was really a sweet conversation. No, will break the chains off their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that to me was the shift that gave me the peace I needed, yeah. you know? Yeah. What is just one thing that moms can do? Like even just the smallest thing to start their day, just to give themselves a little bit of peace, just something that they can do. And maybe not even to give themselves peace, because I think, you know, when we say that, everyone immediately goes like, I'm sitting quietly in a room with a candle. Lit. Yeah. No, and that's yeah. not always what it is. But even something they can do in the car, something they can do on the go that just gives them a moment to reconnect with God, just mm-hmm. to have that moment. Yeah, I think it's about being intentional. So um, whether we are, so for me, sometimes let's say that, um, I mean, obviously, we know getting into the word first thing in the morning is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, and I do think that there's value in that. Um, but I also know, hey, you woke up 30 minutes later than you expected or th- these t- types of things happen. Mm-hmm. The Bible app, when I am in a hurry, uh, the version Bible app, I am playing the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's in my pocket and I'm literally playing it as I'm getting dressed. I'm playing it as I go out the door. Um, when I get into my car, I'm intentional about what podcasts I'm listening to, yeah. what uh, what's on my Spotify channel, like I'm not pouring in a bunch of filth um, and then expecting that I'm going to have peace when I get to work, Mm -hmm. you know? So those types of small things, um, because we have access to so much technology now, like if you don't have the time to open and sit and read the word, which I think is, is there's value in that, get it out and play it instead Mm -hmm. of listening to. um, And then the other thing is I would just challenge moms who say, I don't have any time because I've worked two, sometimes three jobs. I had two babies with no help. Like I've been to the place that is the brink of not having any time, but I still had time to get in my favorite television program. And I Mm -hmm. still had time to go and do things with my girlfriends when I wanted to or whatever. And I see that a lot. Um, So I don't have time. I don't have time. You don't have time to not get in God's Mm -hmm. word. Like you don't have time that your piece is too important to sacrifice it with a Facebook scroll Mm -hmm. or with the latest and greatest Netflix binge. That is the thing is that we get addicted to those things, but we won't get addicted to the word of God. That is the key to peace anyway. Yeah. You know? And so, and I say Mm -hmm. that, I'm not saying that in judgment. I'm saying it because I've been there and I've tried all the other things. Mm -hmm. Like, like I've been watched, binge watched all the things I've, I've done all the social media scrolling. And I just know the peace of God flows when you're in his word. Mm -hmm. It's like you read and go, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed for today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you've seen it and I have. And so that would be the encouragement. I love that. Yeah. It's really funny you said that about time. So Kerry Newhoff, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but mm-hmm, yeah. he, he's awesome. And he was a Thrive speaker this last year at one of our conferences. 
conferences and he talked about time and it was the first time I'd ever wrapped my head around this. He was like, do you realize you have the same amount of time as the president of the United States, as the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, as every single person in the world, you have the same amount of time. So how are you using your time? Because you can't say I didn't have time. It's really you just chose not to use your time for that thing. Yeah. And I was like, that was so good. And I think that completely relates Mm -hmm. to what you're talking about is like if this is really a priority, if getting into the word of God every day is really a priority, not just because you're a Christian and you're supposed to do it, but like it's going to change your life. It's going to change your kid's life and for generations and change your whole atmosphere. And if that's really a priority, you're going to make the time. You're going to figure it out. Right, right. And I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts just about like guilt, like how we overcome the guilt? Because even me, I've got two kids under two. And so I am tired. I go to bed and I'm like, I feel guilty getting into my bed right now. And, you know, because it's just like I could have done the dishes. I could have done this. I could have worked. Like, how do you combat the guilt that you feel? Well, first, guilt doesn't come from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So when you recognize where the source of guilt is Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, you you understand that this is not because because the Lord is peace. Like he is kindness. He is joy. He is, you know, patience. There is much grace that comes from the Lord. His mercy is new every day. So, um because I'm so type A, it's like, I, I, I want to get 15,000 things done in a day every single day. <laughs> yeah, like the there's same way. never, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so um, for those mamas that are out there that are listening to that and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so that way. Um, I think that sometimes when we go um, to lay down, there's there's one thing that I have done that has helped me immensely. Um, I have a notebook beside my bed, um, mm-hmm. like just a little steno pad. And I write down, if I'm laying in bed and, um, and I'm just kind of getting ready to drift off, that's when I find my mind will be like, well, you didn't do this yeah. day. You didn't do this yeah. day. And I don't do it in my phone, in the notes section of my phone, because um, I would tend to like maybe open up another app and look or answer an email or whatever. But I do it on the steno pad so that I can rest, so that I know, hey, it's it's marked down. I'll do it tomorrow. It's been acknowledged mm-hmm. and, you know, can move on. But I think the other thing with guilt is there is, you know, what is the requirement? The requirement is not that we read our word every day. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing in scripture that says, if you don't read your word every <laughs> single day, you're going to burn in hell. You know, like there's yeah. nothing, there's value in reading mm-hmm. it every day. There, there's certainly, it's a source of strength, of course, but, um, We've got to be really careful that we're not putting this undue pressure on ourselves because the Lord loves us just as much. The word says in Romans 8, um, uh, 35 through 38, I believe that there's nothing we could do that could ever separate us from the love of God. So we're not trying to earn God's favor. Mm-hmm. Like we're daughters and we already have his favor. Mm-hmm. So getting into the word daily is not so that we can check our religious box so that God likes us more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's just this freedom of, Hey, you're in the middle of parenting little kiddos. Um, there are, you know, some of us have multiple, you know, you've got seven or eight kids. Maybe they're listening out there. There's so many things that are going on. It's not about the guilt. It's just, hey, instead of when I have some downtime picking up the Netflix, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick up the word. And I think once, you know, you see it not as like a religious box you have to check, but as this is an opportunity for me to get quiet. And sometimes for me, it's in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go hide from the kids, <laughs> hide from everybody, <laughs> shut the door. And I will literally just get in the tub and I'll open up the word. And it's like, it's quiet and I can receive in there, but I'm excited about it. Cause mm-hmm. I know that God always meets me there. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes my devotionals are um, through tears. God, I'm just so tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. Father, I need you, you know, show me in your word what you've promised. Um, and, and then, you know, there's the words on 
his promise of rest in Hebrews uh, 4 and Hebrews 11. You know, we see all of this. And then sometimes it's God, you know, I, I messed up today. I said the wrong thing. And I, I'm, I'm so repentant of that, Father. I am, please forgive me. You know, so it's like every single devotional time with the Lord is so different, but it's what I need. Mm. I never leave not having encountered God. Mm-hmm. I never leave not walking away with the peace of God. Yeah. Um, I am in full-time vocational ministry, and there have been times when I have gotten to work and not been, I'll go, I haven't been in the Word in a week, Mm -hmm. but I'm ministering. Mm -hmm. So think about that. You know, it's like I'm too busy in ministry to not get in the Word. How insane is that? I feel that. That's happened to me. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, no, you know, it's like, I don't have time to not get in the Word. And so when I say that to the audience, no, it's because I'm speaking to myself that I've had to have these conversations with myself of saying, no, there's nothing in demand right now on your job, in your ministry, in your family that is more important than getting the life that you need from prayer and intimacy with the Lord and His and His Word. Our annual summer gathering, The Garden Coffee, is coming up soon. Join us on Saturday, July 8th at 10.30 a.m. at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota for this free missional event for women and girls of all ages. Along with enjoying refreshments under the large outdoor tent, you'll be able to worship with Keaton Getz, hear from Olivia and Ava Puccini, missionaries to Eurasia Northwest, as well as have the opportunity to invest into missions. Invite the women in your family or church community Community to join us. There is no RSVP required. Visit mnbtg.org slash thousand sisters. That's mnbtg.org slash one zero 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 sisters for more information. We can't wait to see you there. Oh, and if you're wondering, yes, Keaton Getz is the son of BTG director Angie Getz. See you soon. I know this is going to be kind of a shift, but I just felt like last night was so powerful in what you talked about with like spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. and something that you said, uh, it was around the lines of you were fighting the wrong fight. Mm -hmm. You're fighting the fight that's in front of you Mm -hmm. and you're forgetting about the fight that's around you and in the spiritual realm. And so I'm just wondering if you could speak to that a little Mm -hmm. bit for maybe women who are like, I don't really know a lot about like spiritual warfare and and that type of thing. Well, spiritual warfare knows a lot about you. And I think that's really the problem (laughs) is that... um, um, we kind of have a, a body of Christ that's weak and emaciated, and we are believers on our way to heaven, but we have no authority, and we don't understand what's taking place in the spirit realm, and there aren't enough churches teaching on it. And yet, your ticket to peace is understanding the spirit realm. Mm. Your ticket to joy is understanding the spirit realm. Your ticket to freedom in every area is understanding the spirit realm, and yet nobody wants to talk about it. Why? Mm. Because there are complexities, which means there are um, denominations divisions around spiritual warfare. Who cares? At the end of the day, for every mama that's listening right now, you need to get the word out and you need to get in and you really need to understand what spiritual warfare is. So for example, when I think about, um, you know, in Colossians 1.16, I think I shared last night where um, the word is teaching us that there are principalities, there are kingdoms, there are rulers in the unseen world. There are levels to what's going on spiritually. Like there are literally um, levels and authorities. We see that in Ephesians 6, um, uh, it's Ephesians 6, 12 through 20, I believe. Anyway, same exact list of the levels of spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. we're against. So it's like, wouldn't you, when you read that, go, well, wait a minute, there are kingdoms in the unseen realm. Mm -hmm. There are rulers. There are principalities and darknesses. 
okay, well, maybe the reason I can't turn my light off at night because I'm so afraid is because there's something spiritual coming against me and I need to take authority over it. Maybe the reason I can't get on an airplane because I'm debilitated by fear of flying or I'm debilitated by a fear of dogs or whatever. Like there's so much that's going on that is all spiritual. Mm-hmm. It is all spiritual. Um, and I think the other piece of that too is moms are like, okay, well, I just need to, I just need to fight the ex-husband right now. You know, it's like, because that's the war that's in front of me. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, fighting over custody or fighting over child support payments or whatever. And we go through the practical motions of that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I got it, you know, my court case, blah, blah, blah. And there's a part of that. Don't get me wrong. We are in the natural realm. So we live in the natural realm. But what I'm saying is that the spirit that's behind the thing, whether it's a spirit of pride, whether it's a spirit of fear, whether it's a a controlling spirit, there's like all these spirits that really we need to come against, Mm. which will then manifest in the natural realm. So I just, when I, when I began to understand that, I would have conversations, um, you know, with maybe I'm ministering to a single mom. And because I began to understand the spiritual gifts in a deep way, and I could understand, you know, the discerning of spirits, like, what am I, what am I going against in this room? A mom would be saying out of her mouth, like, hey, I'm here because I need my light bill paid. Or, hey, I'm here because I feel really overwhelmed because I just got laid off from my job. Like, they may be coming to counsel with me about a natural thing. But then when I start digging, it's like, okay, well, you haven't been able to hold a job in the last two years because you've got pride and you think, you know, Mm. you're you're very combative with your boss. So let's deal with the spirit of pride because that's going to then manifest in you being able to hold a job. You know, so it's like there's all these spiritual things that the, the more that I was able to ask the Holy Spirit, what's going on here in the room? Like what's going on in her life? We would go to the root of the thing mm-hmm. and and deal with the root instead of this surface level thing. Because the the bill payment's important, but it won't keep her bills paid forever. Mm-hmm. Like what we got to teach mamas to lay down those things. Like um, and pride is a huge thing on the job. For example, that's just one that yeah, came to absolutely. mind. There's there's a thousand things I could talk about with this this topic. But um, when I was preparing for our time. The Lord showed me it's so much easier for me to talk about my um, my life story, like you know, been a single mom, had no money, been beaten, been sexually assaulted, to all the things. Check, 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 and that will open a mom's ears mm-hmm. um, because she needs to hear that somebody is where she that has been where she is right now, and there's value in that. There's power, um, and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. So I don't negate that. But I think at this hour, um, people can go and read about my testimony. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can go watch a YouTube video about my testimony. And this hour, the Lord has said very clearly that we got to move beyond that. Mm-hmm. We've got to move into the deeper things. And spiritual warfare is the deeper thing. Yeah. Um, understanding the Holy Spirit and the power that literally the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. And we know the verse. And yet nobody lives like they have that power. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking unbelievers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking believers. Yeah. You know, we go into church services. The power of God is not flowing because we've squelched it because we are so in tune with just, oh, well, that we, we sing our three songs and we sit. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no move of God. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've seen a mass exodus from the church, but now we're seeing people come back because a revival is being raised. Yeah. Um, but it's people are planting where there's power. Yeah. Um, and if we don't teach mamas what it is to war successfully in their home, then getting those babies to church is going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. But when there's power, when they have an authority, those babies, that, and I mean babies, I don't care if your kid's 17, I still call them babies. <laughs> like my, mine are in their you know, late 20s, I still call them babies. You know, whoever you have influence over... Um, 
they will come like my kids are in church because they know mama like I I'm so in love with Jesus that there's something that draws them. It's not like mm. I've had to, you know, wrangle them to get there. Now, mm-hmm. like when they were, you know, teenagers, did they ever complain about church? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But they knew where the power was. Yeah. Um, and even when they fell away for a season, my two oldest kids fell away for a season, but they always came back mm-hmm. because they knew where the power was. Um, but if there is no power, we're just going through a religious experience. And let's face it, that's boring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's what I think to your point earlier is the importance of having groups for moms, the importance of having opportunities for mom and ministry opportunities. I feel like I just heard this last spring and I know I'm going to butcher the statistics, but somewhere on those lines of like 46% or 36% of non-believers would go to church if someone invited them. Like they did this poll. And I'm like, those are numbers that we cannot avoid. And how does that relate to single moms? Like, Mm -hmm. like I said, my mom, she went to church because she had there was chief there was free childcare. Yeah, like that's why she went to church, yeah. and she got saved, and then I got saved. And, you know, there's all of this, this trickle effect, and so it's like, how can we be inviting people to church? How can we be inviting these moms and meeting a deeper need, and not just saying, hey, let's give you, you know, all of this free stuff for support? But I love that focus of like, let's find the root of the issue, right? And I think it comes in. We know the value in planting. We know that scripturally we're required to plant. Mm-hmm. A local um, house of worship. There's power there, you know, not forsaking the gathering. But I think the single moms ministry is a is a critical way for moms to know that they fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because I can remember when I was a young single mom, the way that our church was structured. You know, we had Sunday school classes, and there was youth group, and then there was adult one Sunday school, and then adult two, and adult three, and adult four. You know, and you kind of and it was really based on age. Mm-hmm. Okay, so youth service, really, you could kind of, at my church, it was a tiny church, you could stay in youth really until you were in your 20s. You know, you Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, around 19. Well, I was 19 with two kids. So I certainly didn't fit into youth anymore, even though, um, you know, my age would have said so. So I go into this adult one Sunday school class when everybody f- felt like they were 100 years old. And they weren't. And I think they were like in their 20s and 30s, but, but that felt like 100 at the time. And, um, and I just remember sitting there and feeling like I didn't fit in. I was the only single mom. Well, there was one widow. And then, um, and then, but everybody else were just married couples. And so I'm just sitting there thinking, this is not my my people. Mm. Um, and they were very kind and they were warm and they were loving and, and praise God, they, you know, I developed relationships there. But sometimes when you're already super vulnerable, like you already are dealing with shame. For me, I had two kids outside of marriage. So there was lots of shame. Um, there was lots of guilt and condemnation. There was um, the weight of the world. It was one more thing that kept me out. And I, yeah. I don't know why, probably very much the same thing. There was childcare. There were meals on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. There were there were various things that kept me coming. But I think that sometimes moms don't come because they don't feel like that they will fit in. Yeah. Single moms Bible study is really nothing more than a way for moms to scroll down your church website, to look at your social media and say, oh, okay, they're having a single moms group on Sunday night. Um, we had in our local church, I know I shared last night, but um, we started with three single moms. We have over a thousand moms on that database now. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that's been really interesting, and it ebbs and flows, yeah. people come for a while and then they leave and they come back for a while, you know, so it's not, it's not that we have that many people attending on a regular basis, but it's like we've had through the years this constant 
interest because they'll come to a single mom's Bible study on a Friday night before they will ever come to a church service on a mm-hmm, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we've had moms, we polled our moms one time, and this has been a few years back, about 40% of the moms that were in the room that were coming regularly to our Friday night Bible studies weren't going to church anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, church pastors might be like, oh my God, that's completely backwards. <laughs> no, it's a segue. Mm-hmm. We were teaching on a regular basis, plant, get somewhere. But here's what happened. And I saw this time and again, they would make friends in the Bible study that would all be going to a Sunday morning service. So it would be easier for them to come once they had put roots somewhere. So of course we think it's important that they're at church on Sunday mornings. But if it takes a single mom's Bible study to get them there, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I can remember walking in and we have a big Christmas Eve service at our church and I saw like 20 moms all sitting together. And I thought, these are moms that had no church home, but because of the single mom's Bible study, they now feel like this church is their home. It is their home. You know, they've planted. Uh, It blesses me when I walk in on a Sunday at my church and I see single moms being greeters or they're they're serving on the prayer team or I see them all over our church. And I know it's because we have a thriving single mom's ministry. So... Just a plug for the importance of that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, I can't believe our time is already getting close to an end. I am just so incredibly grateful that you just were here to be able to share with all of these moms. Mm -hmm. And as we're just wrapping up, any other thoughts that you have? They're like, oh, I really want to say this just about peace, about spiritual warfare, Mm -hmm. or even about like creating a single mom's ministry at your church? Um, I would say this. I know there are moms that are listening and um, I want to just encourage you. I want you to know um, that the Lord loves you. And I know that you hear that a lot, but receiving it in your soul, that Mm -hmm. God loves you. He sees you as a plan and a purpose for your life. And it did not stop just because you became a single mom or you lost your husband or went through a divorce. He still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he can use even the most broke down, beat down places of your life. Um, I don't know that 1 million single moms would have been served had I not been in the back of my car living or had I not been um, abused severely or had I not gone through the years of living on food stamps and welfare. And so there were so many broken places of my life that God has now used for this beautiful restoration story that has blessed others. So just know that you may be in the middle of your testimony developing years, but God is not done with you yet. He does love you and he's going to use it all for his glory. I know that to be true. Um, And then I would also just say for those, um, if you're out there and you're church does not have a single mom's ministry, maybe God's calling you to be the one to start it. Mm -hmm. Almost all of our single mom's ministries are led by current single mom. And so just because you are, you know, not married yet, or maybe you're not in what you believe to be your perfect season, whatever that is, um, maybe God is burdening you to begin that conversation with your pastor. Um, We have lots of info on our website that can help you with how to have conversations with your pastor and really what are the next steps at thelifeofasinglemom.com. If you want to avail yourself, it's all free. Um, And really pray. Because I bet you there are single moms that are in your community that are not plugged into your church, Mm -hmm. that if you started a single mom's ministry, um, they would come. So God bless you. That's so good. Well, thank you again so much for being here and chatting with me. My honor. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridge in the Gap podcast. We are honored to hear from Jennifer Maggio on Jesus' authority for moms. If you are someone looking for great resources for single moms, check out thelifeofasinglemom.com or you can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore Maggio on social media. You're also invited to save the date and register to attend or volunteer with us at the 2024 Single Moms Retreat on May 31st to June 1st, 2024 at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. Just go to mnbtg.org slash retreat for more info. You can learn more about Bridge in the Gap at our website as well or by downloading the Bridge in the Gap app through your app store or by following MNBTG on social media. We also invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridge in the Gap podcast.